feel like a lot of times because there's so much going on and there's so much to do, it might be very easy for us as single moms to, to lean on our teenage child. Welcome back to Mom Nation from the Heart. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey y'all, Katie here, founder of Mom Nation and owner and operator of Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty, your go-to gal for anything real estate in the state of Arizona. I am the sponsor of today's show. I will link my page and information in the show notes so you can quickly and easily get in touch with me should you need anything real estate, any advice, or maybe you're looking to get into the business. I sure hope you enjoy today's show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Mom Nation, we are back with another episode of From the Heart, where we share inspirational stories, useful information, and we discuss a wide variety of women-related topics. Please give us a like and a follow. We are at Mom Nation USA on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, without further ado, my two favorite ladies are on today. I'm so super excited. Hi, guys. Sherry, our lovely co-host. And then we have Hi. our Mom Nation manager extraordinaire, Ashley. What's up, sisters? Hello, beautifuls. Gosh, when have we, we've never done this, the three of us. Never, never. Oh, we better make this a habit. Well, this topic that we're talking about today is probably going to be a two, three, four, five, six part series, um, you know, just because it's a really long conversation. And I see, as you know, audience members out there, this podcast was born out of uh, this social networking group that Sherry and I started, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. I think we're coming up on our eighth. Yeah, we're coming up on our eight year anniversary in August. And um, it's, it's a fantastic group of women. We've got like 18,000 plus in, in the group. There's a couple of groups cross country. And I can't tell you how many times I see posts about this particular topic. Um, people that are just about to enter the single, single mom life, people who have entered it and they're like single mom newbies. And then the old veterans that have been single moms for a while and they've got their crap together and they've got it going on. So we kind of, all three of us have different perspectives, somewhat different perspectives, right? So Ash, what's your uh, experience with single momness? So I was raised by a stubborn, <laughs> strong-willed single mom. She raised um, me, my brother, and my sister. We've got quite the age gap between us um, as far as me and my siblings. So uh, I can't imagine the length of time that, you know, she had to kind of power through all that she went through with life experiences. And, uh, she's, she's, you know, she's kind of like that, that beacon of the strength that I feel like I only can hope that I have. But at the same time, if you hear her story, it's, there's, there's tragedy and she's not the same person that she used to be. And um, anyway, so my mom, first and foremost, single mom. I have three kids. We all, I think most of us know this. I have three boys. Um, my two oldest, their biological father and I split in uh, 2014. And so my single mom 
personal story. What grateful it didn't last very long as far as, you know, before Nick and I kind of seemed our lives together, but um, there was a time where it was just, just me and my boys and I was powering through it after uh, Sean and I split. They were, they're my oldest two biological dad. Um, and that was a, that was a very hard, there was tons of uh, <laughs> toxicity with that relationship. Um, and so when I did have just me and my boys, it was, it was rough. And I, I uh, got to a point where my mom actually had to step in and live with me for a little while. So again, Nick and I got together probably like we moved in and like were kind of like each other's real partners only probably within like six months um after Sean and I split so it was kind of kind of a quick thing but we had known each other for years before that and so I feel like my main perspective is that of a single my mom was a single mom um I don't feel I don't feel like I can really say that I stood in the shoes of a single mom for that long to feel like I can hold that flag um that banner it just doesn't feel right since I wasn't it was only like six months that I didn't really have someone that I could lean on um but I know several badass women right now that hold that banner Sherry you're obviously <laughs> you're kicking ass and taking names and being able to support your, your girls. It's awesome to see. Um, well, that's sweet of you. But I think that it's sometimes just the persona, like, or on paper, it might look like I have my shit together. Right. But just like social media, it doesn't, you guys don't get to see, I mean, you guys do sometimes, but the not everybody, the whole world, right. The whole world doesn't get to see like the struggles and the hardships. And, and there are, yeah. I mean, any mom goes through struggles and hardships. And I just think that, like you said, your mom and you, like you just power through it. It's not a, I get asked all the time, like, how do you do it all? I don't, I literally don't do it all. Mm -hmm. The house can be a mess. Like sometimes I leave that sometimes it bothers me and I have to do it, but you just do what you have to at the bare minimum and, you know, make sure everybody's alive and happy. And I think that that was more of my shift is, Hey, let's focus on we're free. We're safe. We're in an environment where there's love and no more toxicity. So let's focus on those things that we can control now that, you know, are going to impact my kids. So I'm excited to hear what Katie has to say though, about like, and Ashley, like your perspectives, I don't want to ruin my kids' lives, right? Like, and I want to know how can I be a single mom and struggle through, but also like that's more important to me is just making sure that they have good memories, that we have a really good relationship because I just I'm a mess, you guys. I just left the salon not too long ago, and this lady, the lady next to me, um, commented on something as small as my nails, right? And she said, Hey. I really love your pride now. She was getting her hair done too. She's like, I really love your pride nails. My son's gay. And, you know, I love um, celebrating him and whatever. And then I just started crying. Aww. So 
single mom life is not always easy. Sometimes we do it alone. Like I don't have a relationship with my mom. So I think it was just like a lot. There's a lot going on in my life right now. So I think I'm just like emotional and it just was the catalyst that maybe, you know, I, I thanked her profusely for being such a supportive mom to her son. And, um, you know, just that she's one of those moms out there and not everybody has that. So it was just, um, I don't know. I think this literally just happened. So I think that though it comes into play when it comes to single motherhood, because Katie, Ashley, Katie definitely knows, but I've been for six months trying to keep a a house afloat that me and my ex have together, paying the mortgage, dealing with the showings, the agent, all of these things. And so do I post that stuff on social media? Absolutely not. But it's like impacting my life so much and it changes how I am as a mom. So Katie, tell us about your experience and how us as moms can keep our stress away from our kids so it doesn't impact them. Well, I personally feel like you nailed it on the head. So for those of you who don't know, my parents got divorced when I was two. So I have no clue what it's like. I don't remember my parents together at all. I have no clue what it's like to have parents that get along, never mind be married um, and, and live together. So, so that is a thing. Um, this has just been my life. This was my norm before I got into school and figured out, you know, I grew up in the eighties and not a lot of, there weren't a lot of divorced families that I can remember in school growing up. Um, so I didn't know that I was different until I got to school. I thought, well, this is what everybody deals with, right? Uh, your grandparents are together, but your parents aren't like, I didn't put two and two together that they're somebody's parents too. You know what I mean? But anyway, I was just a little kid, but I think you nailed it on the head. Um, where you said, Hey, you know, priorities are important. We're safe. We're happy. We're making good memories. You're paying attention to them. You're paying attention to, uh, you know, their thoughts and their feelings. You're really attentive to them feeling safe, feeling heard and getting their needs met. And I don't think that there's anything outside of that, that you could do better share. Um, you know, not something that I experienced a whole lot of when I was growing up. So let's face it. I I feel like everybody needs a counselor. I I think that at some point your kids probably will too, and it might not have anything to do with you. Right. Um, (laughs) but I feel like my need for one might've been a little bit less if my parents had paid attention to me. It's not, I kept hearing and still do hear the kids will be all right. Kids are fine. Kids are resilient. Kids will bounce back. No, no, it's not true. Um, I'd love to think that it's true, but it's not true. They won't do that without help. Right. So you can't just be like, run along, Johnny, go to school, make good grades. You're, you're good. You're going to be fine. And all's going to be well for the rest of your life. And we're not going to address any of your issues. No, it's just not a thing. Um, but I know, because I know you well, I know that you pay really, really, uh, you know, pay attention to that for your kids. So I think that question's easily answered and, and, you're, and it's things that you're already doing. Would you agree with that, Ash? Absolutely. So my mom was a, a paralegal and I always, in those years, it always felt like my mom was kind of like, you guys have seen Aaron Brockovich, right? 
mm-hmm. that's who that, like, that was like my mom's persona in my mind was she was like an Aaron Brockovich. We were going and traveling to Colorado and all these different places where she was like petitioning to try and get people their lives back and their money back because they got exposed to uranium mines, just like her dad did. And she was trying to win, you know, X amount of money for my grandma so that they couldn't, you know, well, my grandma, my grandpa had already passed, but she was just trying to get my grandma to be in a place of stability and okay financially. And it turned into this whole thing where she's helping these communities everywhere, trying to, you know, (laughs) get some justice for what justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of felt like, um, my time spent with my mom wasn't building memories. So as far as like spending time together, really, there's very few times where I really can like hone in and maybe it's just cause my memory, it sucks. Um, you know, oh, but my. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, each kid takes a brain cell, I think. Uh, but you know, majority of my memories are, she was, she would make us work hard guys. I had like front and back three pages, cursive handwriting of chore lists to do. I would like make up friends' birthdays just so I could like go and have a sleepover. Like we didn't go do anything unless these things on these chore lists were done. And then it was like, mom's a hard ass you know, we get like, we don't have a whole lot of leeway to do the things that we want to do. And so there wasn't, there wasn't like happy go making memories. And I think that as long as you're doing that, like spending time with them, honing in on them, being able to be a kid instead of making them feel like they have to hurry along with growing up, they're already going to have so many life experiences that you can't control that are going to make them grow up. Um, and so that was a big thing for me. I, I, I was living on my own. That's a whole nother story. Um, but I was in eighth grade. My mom had a house in Mesa and a house in New Mexico, and she would kind of bounce between the two of them. And there was a point where I was staying in Mesa and she was in New Mexico and I was by myself for two years, just renting out the trailers and keeping up with the horse boarding and, and she was holding down the fort in New Mexico. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of like, anyway, so I, I think that as long as they still have the freedom of being able to be kids, have their sleepovers, do their mistakes and learn from them. And you're just there to try and support and love them through their experiences, then you're doing the best that you can. And that's, that's amazing. And my mom did the best that she could. I mean, I, my, me, me and my brother and my sister, we all look back on it and like, was mom a hard ass? Yes. But when you see the neighborhood that I grew up in, in Mesa, there is a whole totally different path that I could have walked down. And if my mom hadn't been that hard ass, had I not had a little bit more of a leash on me when I was, you know, in those younger years, I probably wouldn't have been the good kid that I was when I was living on my own. You know, like I might've made different decisions and I mean, I still made some mistakes. Right. But um, anyway, but she, she, the lessons that I learned, the things that I was able to 
Um, like not many kids know how to tar a roof and fix an air conditioner and, you know, rent trailers and, you know, all these little things that I had to like kind of pick up on. Um, and so maybe my sister, you know, my sister, you know, my sister, she's a Lieutenant Colonel in the army and she went in right after high school and she's what a year and a half, two years from retirement. And yeah, then she's my, a badass. Yeah. And then my brother is in Maryland, DC and he does like cybersecurity. You know what I mean? Like I have, I have some pretty big lights in my life that have kind of shown that having that structure in our lives when we were growing up, like it was a pain in the ass back then, but my mom, it it was a good thing overall, you know? And so I think that if you can kind of try and balance it a little bit, like still have these moments where you're, you're pushing them to do and learn on their own. Um, But actually still be right there to like answer questions. And, you know, I just think that that's huge. And if you're doing that, which I know you are, um, then will they need, will they need, like you said, Katie, will they need therapy at some point? Yeah. But I, I'm a big advocate on all of us having that. And, you know, so. You bring up, you bring up a good point though. And it's something that I experienced also. And, you know, based on what Sherry said, Hey, you know, the house cleaning is sometimes goes to the wayside or whatever. So you said you had a bunch of chores. I did too. I did my own laundry when I was, I don't know, not much older than my son now. Mm -hmm. And those parts I'm really, really thankful for. Mm-hmm. because I did gain some independence really early on, um, comfortable relying on myself, which I think not a lot of adults, not a lot of adults that I run into anyway, are super comfortable relying on themselves. Um, and so I think that my experience definitely, I mean, there's, there's good and bad and everything. I, I think that my experience definitely helped with, you know, where I'm at today and, and how, what I've done over the course of my adult life yeah. has really given me that confidence to be able to rely on myself and that additional skill set that not a lot of kids have that Ashley, that you brought up, you know, you're, you're saying, Hey, how many kids can fix an AC? I've got a bunch of skills too, that I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, that I've had for a really long time. And how, how many kids can do that? Mm-hmm. And Sherry does that. Sherry, your, your kids have chores and they have yeah. things and things like that, that they need to do to help out. So they do. And I think as a single mom, so I was just trying to calculate in my head, how long, how many years have I been a single mom? So my oldest daughter is about to be 16. I was pregnant and single mom all the way until she was about two married for six years. And then another two years. So four years total right there that I was a single mom. So I've been a single mom total, probably about six or seven years. Um, and I have three daughters. So for people that don't know, I have an almost 16 year old, a 12 year old and an almost four year old. (laughs) And so I think that for me, I internalize everything and I overanalyze everything because I, I want to be the best mom and I want to, to be the mom that maybe I didn't have or the things that I know I hated as a kid, I want to, how can I change that and be better or different or, you know, for my kids? Um, 
And so one thing like, yes, my kids have chores. I think that I, my parents were married when I was a kid, but they were very strict, very tough. And so just like you guys said, that made you into who you are. And those are things that you like and value about yourselves. Same. I'm a hard worker because of how my parents were strict with me. Um, so I'm strict, but I also like struggle on that. Like, Hey, I want you to have chores, but I also don't want you to be, I don't want my 16 year old to be my co-parent, my other parent right? who's managing the house with me. Like she's still a kid and we have to grow up too quick for so many, so many reasons. Like you said, Ash, or kids mm-hmm. nowadays, they're, they're, they're being exposed to things that like as a 12 year old, I wasn't exposed to the things my 12 year olds exposed to. Yeah. And you know, scary. adulthood comes so much quicker because they're, they have access at their fingertips and everything. And I don't know, just our world's totally different. And so I, I struggle with that. But one thing that I make sure is that I don't want my kids to feel like they're not kids and, and that they're helping me raise my toddler or that they're so independent that mom's not around. And I struggle with that because I do have to work. I don't, I don't get to be a stay at home mom. I have to be the breadwinner. And so there's days where I'm like, man, I'm working so much and I want to, you know, make sure that the weekends or my time off is we're going to the lake or we're doing something where everything shut down. And I think even, um, in the last year or two, I've even, um, made that more of a priority. Cause I used to always like work and do stuff on the weekends. And I feel like I've, I've changed a little bit more now, um, because I'm always on the go. I might have to be on the road or traveling. And so when I'm with them, I want to be very present. And so I put, you know, the stuff down, I'll take a bunch of pictures and they hate it. My teenagers hate it. But I'm like, Hey, these are memories. These are things that I want you guys to like have and, and be able to look at when you're older. And that's huge. Um, yeah, I think so. Cause when our memories start to go, you want those. I don't. So again, my mom's story took, you know, a, a, a tragic turn. And at some point um, she lost the house in New Mexico and uh the uh, house in Mesa got foreclosed on and all these, she had already gone through like a smorgasbord of, you know, terrible thing, life experiences. And then when that happened, um, things really took a turn for her and she, um, ultimately getting, going through all of those things there's very little that she still has of us growing up pictures. There, there was no videos, you know, there was nothing. So my, my only childhood exists in one little album. That's like this big. (laughs) And so, um, I think, you know, I drive my kids crazy. Thank God for Google photos. Now, you know, all these clouds that we can store all of our crap in. Cause yeah, I, I am, I'm picture video aholic and they try it drives them crazy, but I know that I wish I had those things to look back on and share with them, you know, like, look, here's some of my little pieces of my childhood and yeah. they're, they're going to want to share that with their kids at some point. So you're doing, it's good. For sure. For sure. I'd like to go back to the point that you made, Sherry, about I don't want my 16 year old to feel like she's a co-parent or to fall into that role. And, you know, I didn't have this experience because I was the oldest. And in fact, you know, my parents got divorced when I was two. So I'm, I'm truly their only child together. I've had some other siblings that have come later, but, but I'm the oldest one. 
I'm, I'm like the one. Um, I feel like a lot of times because there's so much going on and there's so much to do, it might be very easy for us as single moms to, to lean on our teenage child because they are smart and they do know the household and they do, you know, um, and they're there. What advice do you have for moms out there? Because I've seen it time and time again. And, and maybe Ashley, you have experience with this, with your older siblings. Did they fall into that role for you? Um, and how can we, how can we give other moms some tips to sort of recognize that that's happening and just really be present with that and make sure that the, the pressure or the responsibility that they're putting on their older child is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like I have, I could have my own perspective on this. And then my sister, I would love to actually hear her side of it because um, my mom, again, with being a paralegal and at, you know, at whatever phase in her life was gone at the courts and doing, you know, she, she was, my sister was who she relied upon heavily because of the age difference. I'm the baby. I was actually just trying to pull up in my phone. Cause again, my brain sucks. And I'm trying to remember my brother's born in 1984. I'm 90. Anyway. So there's like what, um, six, six years there, seven, one guy math. <laughs> You're right. Um, anyway. And then my sister, you know, she, 1976. So she's three years older than me. So she's 46, 46. So again, 31 over here. I'm it. She, uh, my memory of her stems around her being present as our, our babysitter you know? Yeah. That's kind of what it, I mean, I knew she wasn't my mom, obviously, but that's, you know, and then, but a majority of my memories, and that's probably, again, just because my brain has gone through whatever it's gone through. And so I only have been able to hold on to so many things. Most of my memories are after she actually left um, and went into the army So the little bits that I can recall of when she was home and she was, I know, very hands-on taking care of me and my brother um, are probably what I remember just like looking at pictures and like seldom little things that can pop into mind. Um, And I, my, I know my mom appreciates my sister to the point of, you know, everything that she did, but I don't think she's ever voiced that to her. And I think my sister could probably really, I think that would do a lot for them in their relationship. Um, the other thing though, is that I don't think my sister would be who she is if that hadn't been the situation. So when we do internalize, you know, am I putting too much pressure on them with them helping so much at home? I feel like it's easier said than done. Right. But I feel like if we could just step back and go, what are the positives of what this is going to do for them? Cause it's going to, there's going to be that. And then 
you know, I think that as long as you're talking with them and like saying like, maybe having like a conversation where you guys are compromising, like, okay, what day out of the week or whatever, you know, do you want to just do you and, you know, I'll, I'll try and accommodate that um, so that they still feel like they have like a voice and opinion on what they're doing with their time when they, when they want to go do something. Um, but yeah. I'm, my sister was, I mean, I know that my brother and I both looked at her like, kind of like, you know, our little, <laughs> she's been our leader forever. And so junior mom. Yeah. Um, I think that I think she's appreciative of having that role because of, you know, what it probably did as far as, you know, pushing her into maturing and um, having that nurturing role that obviously she now carries in with her own, you know, son and family. And, and so yeah, I would just say, try to hold on to the pieces of what it can do for your kids. And it's going to circle around. I mean, they're going to be able to, you know, take the good and take the bad from it and, and preserve that forward with their own family. So it's good perspective. Sherry, how do you handle it? knowing that this is top of mind for you, that this is like, Hey, I really don't want it to go too far in this direction, but understanding what Ashley's saying about the responsibility level. I mean, cause that makes sense. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm nobody, you know, at the end of the day, but just what I've noticed, um, there was a moment in my life where I was like, you know, I saw her I, I assessed the situation. I was like, you know, she's, she's bossing them around. Like she's the leader. And I don't want that. Like, I don't want, because then that can build resentment from the younger kids. Like you're not my, you know, and she's not the parent. And so I had to change how I was doing things. So it's not what I do today is not how I've always been. Yeah. Um, so just know that sometimes it's a learning curve, especially as a single mom, there's been moments in my life where it was, maybe a lot harder. And so I had no other option and I needed her, right. My oldest, but once I saw that and I didn't like how it felt, we made some big changes. And so now where we're at today, um, my kids never watch Rory. My older kids never watch Rory. Like they're not the babysitter. I don't want that on them. And so I never leave Rory home alone. Um, she's either at daycare or if I need to get a sitter because it's after hours, then I get an adult sitter and I, do that, you know, um, which is rare, but what they do help me with though, is, is I sit down and I talk to them and I'm like, listen, Hey, you have chores because as a household, there's, there's four of us, but we all need to contribute. Otherwise this household, this, this train doesn't run. Yeah. And so I never ask them to do things that I'm not willing to do. You know, when we clean, we all clean together or it would be like, Hey, pick up your stuff. So that way we don't have to clean up a whole mess that's been left for a week because you know, you guys, they can feed themselves and do all that. That's great. Um, you know, do I ask them to do little things like, Hey, make your sister some food? Yes. Because she's not at an age where she's independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll do things like that. But I, my rule currently to date is that they never watch their sister like that. Will they come with me? Sometimes I have weekend events where I'm traveling and there's no option for a sitter. Cool. 
then everybody comes with me and it's a family type affair. Um, but they are never watching her alone. And I just don't want that on them. Will I give them responsibilities? Hey, I need you to do the chores, dishes, laundry. Yeah. Go, go cut the grass. Cool. Those are life skills that they need to have no matter what, like you said, Ashley. And like you said, Katie, is those are things that I didn't have single parents that, growing up. They're divorced now, but growing up, I didn't have that, but those are still things that I had to learn. And I think that are very important and made me who I am today. So you're right. I want them to have those life skills. I want them to have some kind of ownership and responsibility, but I don't want them to hate their siblings. I don't want them to feel like they're the co-parent or be in that much of, they're only kids for so long. And, and for me, having a really good, strong relationship because of my situation is also something that's always in the back of my head. And I don't ever want to not have a relationship with my kids ever. And so just making sure that I am listening to them, like you said, making sure that they feel they have a voice. Um, you know, my 12 year old's actually my most responsible and she's always waking up early and letting the dogs out without even being asked. She just does all of these things. And like, for me, yes, it's great. It's super helpful. But I'm also trying to be conscious of, hey, I don't want her to feel all those burdens on her back either. Yeah. And I love what you said about communication. And I think, you know, a lot of times, I don't know, maybe I can just use my situation as an example. I felt like because I was smaller, because I was younger, I wasn't considered as someone to discuss feelings and situations with. Um, I don't know if it was intentional, but I felt pretty left in the dark. Like, I don't really understand what's going on or why there's turmoil or why there's court again or, or what's going on. Um, and so I love that you sit down and you talk with your girls and you're like, here's what's going on. Here's what I need. And you also listen to the feedback from them, which is something that throughout my entire childhood, I don't, I don't think feedback from me was ever, uh, ever listened to at all or or ever even heard or even considered. And I mean, that's like true with every relationship, right. And everything that we do and whether it be coworker, whether it be um, romantic partners, just really communicating with the other party and giving them, allowing them to have their voice and giving them, you know, sort of that, that pedestal to stand on where they can speak their truth and they can give feedback of what of, of their perspective, their thoughts and their feelings. And just because kids are younger and just because they're smaller people, it doesn't mean that their voice doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that their, you know, their voice is irrelevant. Their thoughts and feelings are irrelevant. And if anything, you know, it's actually, I, you just made me think of, if anything, it's, these poor kids have no control over anything. And so like, okay, I got divorced and then our whole lives changed or I got separated and then we moved across the country. So they have no say in that. And so that breaks my heart. I mean, I didn't really have a say in things either, but you got to make do. Um, But asking them like how they they left all their friends, their school, what they know. And so that's hard. Um, And I think that as a single mom, finding your tribe is really important. Finding your kid's tribe is really important so that they feel that support, um, just in that friendship on a, on a level outside of just your parent, right? Like they only have me, but who wants just their mom? Like you need a sounding board, a good sounding board. So they need a support system. And I think after my, my first marriage, that's what got me through. I was, is, is that we were there, we had mom nation and I had so many women 
around me um, that were also single moms. And we would, you know, jump in carpool and do this and watch our kids or whatever we had to do, but it worked. And I don't, I don't have that now. And so that's why I'm really just trying to make sure I'm not making my support system, the kids, you know, they need me, not the other way around. Right. Right. Love what you said about that. It's giant to think about their experience with their support system on their level, Uh, you know, a support system of their peers, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because that's giant too. And, you know, having moved around a lot as a kid, just because of, you know, lot we need to do like a part two and a part three. I've already written notes. So we're doing that um, because we got to wrap this one up. But anyway, just, uh, you know, thinking about myself moving around a lot. We moved to a couple of different towns when I was my kid's age. Like I was Jackson's age and I had made these friends wherever we were, you know, and then we moved a couple of hours north or whatever. And now I'm in this whole different ball game. And I know that I'm different and I'm feeling very different and I'm not feeling hurt at home and I'm feeling out of control. Like, you know, you had mentioned because did I have, was that any of my decision? No. Um, It's a really, really tough spot for a kid entering into a new school. Mm -hmm. Like think about just going to a new school in general. And my, my kid, super rock star, social butterfly, confident as can be when school got done and, and it was time to go to camp on his way to camp the first day, he was like, geez, mom, I'm really scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to have any friends. I don't know who I'm going to meet, who's going to be there, what I'm going to experience. And this is, you know, he comes from us. His, his parents are together. We hopefully have our shit together. Like I think we do. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got barely a care in the world. And he's having this massive anxiety going to imagine having all of this other baggage as, you know, as I did uh, younger years, and I'm sure thousands, millions of other kids have experienced this dealing with all of that plus going into a new school. If I was connected and then this is back in the eighties, so probably pretty hard to connect, but if, and I didn't know how to stay connected with those friends that I had in that other town, I was seven. (laughs) you know, um, but had that been facilitated and had I been able to remain connected with those, those that I was familiar with, then I feel like that might've been a little bit of an easier transition for me, but it was almost like I was just dropped in boiling water, you know? Yeah. Well, and then, okay. Your parents broke up and you know, whoever left laughed. And so now you have that abandonment and now you're moving. So now you can't even keep friends. Like I just, I try to think about all of those things and how it could be detrimental. Um, you know, like you said, if you don't help facilitate it and help guide them through that. Yeah, totally. So moral of the story for all of you mamas out there that are either dealing with this now, or you foresee this, you know, coming in the, in the near future, this is giant. This was a giant conversation. And, and I love that we took it from the child's perspective mostly. And of course, I appreciate your perspective too, Sherry. Um, it's just giant. And it's something that we really need to think about as parents is the mental and emotional well-being of all of our kids, whether they be 16 years old and they seem like they can handle it or they're four. Like it, it's really, really important. Can we please do this again? Yeah. Yes. 
please, please. Cause there's so much that I want to get into. Um, I'd love to see a part two where we get into when you guys were kind of like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. I'm going to be a single mom very soon here in the near future. Like what emotions were you going through? What preparations did you have to, you know, pull together? Um, did family come together for you? What, what was going on there? Uh, then, then living as a single mom, like, you know, finances, job, like let's, let's pull this all together for our audience members. So if I can have you guys back at some point in the future, boy, I sure would love that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, of course. Awesome guys. Well, thank you for the talk today. And if you out there are interested in being a guest on the show, please give us a follow. We are at Mom Nation USA. Again, that's on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you head over to our YouTube channel at Mom Nation USA, you can actually click on the From the Heart podcast playlist and you will see all of the videos. If you're a video watcher, you'll see all of the videos from our previous shows. We are on, uh, what is it? Season six now. So we have several shows under our belt that you can check out. Obviously, we are on all of your popular and very favorite to podcast platforms like iTunes and Google Podcasts. If you are there right now listening to the audio version, please do us a favor, subscribe, download, and like us so that we can get this information out to the masses. These mamas need to hear this stuff, don't they? Yeah. They know they're not, they're alone. not alone. Yes. Not alone, mamas. All right, guys. Great love night. you. You too. Bye. 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 Bye with aspiration moms are inspirations moms in circulation moms at their workstations they make a nation this is a mom nation